0: Welcome to BNN Tax Snacks, a podcast from Baker Newman, and Noyes covering timely and impactful federal and state tax developments affecting our clients, friends, and other listeners. I'm Mike Stillings, Director of Tax Services at BNN. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. In the tax world, however, the impact of last year will be felt for quite some time. In the next several episodes of BNN Tax Snacks, you'll hear from a few of our tax specialists about business and tax topics directly related to the COVID 19 pandemic, the tax law changes it set in motion, and what those changes mean to individual taxpayers as well as businesses. Suffice it to say, we've got a lot to cover, so let's talk taxes. <music>
1: Hi, welcome to State Tax Matters with Baker, Newman & Noyes. I'm Merrill Barber, and I'm here with my colleague, Leanne Scott. Say hi, Leanne. Hey, Merrill. Hi, audience. A very hot topic right now in the tax and business world is the change in work and dynamic for employees, specifically this new work-from-home environment. Telecommuting has been a growing trend over the past decade or so. Technology enables many people in varying fields to work from anywhere as long as they have an internet connection. The state shutdowns caused by the COVID-19 pandemic have forced many employers to close their business locations, resulting in their employees having to work from home, often from states different than where the office is located. And many employees have found that they like this arrangement. Our discussion today will focus on the impact to the businesses, the employers, of this new work-from-home environment. One that many are calling the new norm for businesses and employees. Leanne, having locations and employees in multiple states have always created some complexities for businesses. How has the pandemic impacted employers?
2: Sure. Thanks, Meryl. Um, Great question. So as you said, you know, this sort of activity has always created complexities for businesses. That's why you and I have jobs as people operating in multi-state environments, because as every salt practitioner likes to say, you know, the answer to any question in our world is it depends because we deal with so many different jurisdictions and different rules. Um, You know, the pandemic, I think, has only made that more clear to everyone um, as states struggle to respond to it. Uh, For the audience, I will say, you know, for those of you listening that, you know, we're really, we're dealing with all sorts of businesses here. So whether you're a corporation, a flow-through entity, or perhaps a Schedule C sole proprietor, um, anyone who has employees or may themselves work in more than one state is probably being confronted with these sorts of questions as an employer. You know, where do you need to withhold? Where do you need to have unemployment taxes paid? And how has the pandemic changed that? So we, we often find that this is an area that Clients are challenged in to begin with. And I think the pandemic has only exacerbated that. So, uh, you know, right now, I think one of the biggest issues is tracking where your people are working. Um, some of that can be done by timesheets or surveys, but it may be especially important right now to keep in close contact with your employees to determine where they're working, because I think we're seeing a lot of people who may have, you know, gone home to mom and dad's for a month or are working for another family member's home in another state. And while they may not think that has an impact, it can for employers from both a withholding um, unemployment and also possibly a nexus creating aspect for other tax types. So lots of things to keep an eye on and to try to monitor. And you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, this is an area that I think we're going to continue to deal with because now that we have all figured out how to work from home and people are seeing the benefits, uh, even when the pandemic goes away, which I know we're all anxious for, these issues are not going to fade into the background anytime soon.
1: Thank you, Leanne. You've mentioned that the states seem to have different rules. Uh, Virtually every state has a different set of rules as to how they're handling withholding and other aspects of their employer-employee relationship with regards to taxes. it's also been in the news that there are some disagreements between a few states, specifically Massachusetts and New Hampshire, as a result of their varying approaches to this, I was hoping that maybe you could give us a little more information about that.
2: Sure, this has been a really interesting one to follow, especially for those of us who, you know, live and work in this area and have some background here. So, as as most people probably know, uh, you know, Massachusetts and New Hampshire clearly border each other, and New Hampshire has a very different tax regime than Massachusetts. Um, the two biggest things are: New Hampshire has chosen not to impose a sales and use tax, and most relevant to this discussion, New Hampshire does not impose a personal income tax on earned income. So, you often see disputes between the two states. This dates back to the town fair tire litigation. Some people may remember um, post-Wayfair, it's caused some interesting positions. But most recently, um, Massachusetts has been issuing guidance throughout 2020 in an attempt to provide certainty to employers as to how they should be handling things during the pandemic. And what Massachusetts has said that has New Hampshire up in arms lately is that if someone worked in Massachusetts prior to the beginning of the pandemic and they maybe were... Working out of state now purely as a result of that, Massachusetts's position is that the employer should not change anything and should continue to withhold Massachusetts personal income tax. And from New Hampshire's perspective, that feels like an unconstitutional imposition of tax on folks who are working within the borders of New Hampshire. So New Hampshire has filed suit with uh, in the U S Supreme court asking them to take the case and Massachusetts recently, uh, submitted its reply. So now we're going to wait and see if the justices decide to take the case. Um, I think it will be very interesting if they do to see how it comes out, but it's, uh, you know, just the latest in a series of disputes and a good example, as you said, of, you know, how the states are all different in this area and the complexities it can create for employers and for individuals. Um, Merrill, since we're you know sitting here in New England, uh, would you like to say a word or two about you know how Maine has reacted to this situation?
1: Yes, Maine has actually taken an approach that that I think helps employers in the sense that what they've said is the employers should just keep withholding as they have been all along. So, in other words, if there was a Massachusetts- based business um, in which uh, a Maine resident employee was working, commuting down and working in mass every day, and now that employee is, in fact, working from their home in Maine, what Maine has said is that they can just keep withholding, that mass business can keep withholding Massachusetts taxes. They don't need to register in Maine, which makes makes it much simpler for the businesses. So that's a, actually a positive, positive way to approach this. Great. Um, shifting gears just a little bit. You mentioned earlier that um, having employees working in different states can or would typically create nexus for other taxes and, and potentially create some filing requirements for other taxes. Can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Sure, um I guess I'll say again we're talking specifically about businesses here. We're going to have a separate episode dealing with individuals and the consequences for them, but from a business perspective, you know a lot of the attention has been on withholding for your employees and unemployment and changes that might need to happen there. but I think lurking uh, you know beneath that, which a lot of companies may not have thought about is what having people working in perhaps new states to them means from the perspective of you know, is it Create an income or franchise tax filing obligation for the business? Does it create a sales and use tax registration, collection, and filing responsibility? And if so, you know, what flows from that? Each of those things, you know, nexus is really just the tip of the iceberg from an income tax perspective. You know, what if you normally qualified for public law 86-272 protection, but now you've got different people in the state, what does that do? And, you know, even leaving aside nexus, you um, I think, uh, you know, other consequences that people need to think about are a lot of states have local taxes that you may not have encountered before. And then, you know, another issue that we're getting more and more questions about is in the credits and incentives world. You know, what if you have an agreement with a particular jurisdiction to create a certain amount of jobs somewhere during the year and there are clawback provisions that can take your award away if you don't do that? Well, you know, no one was drafting agreements thinking of a global pandemic when you entered in to it. So are the jurisdictions going to be flexible with that? Or do you run the risk of having to give back some sort of award that you've received? So I think there are a lot of consequences that flow through this. And, you know, businesses should really make sure to be speaking with their advisors and being in close contact with them to try to determine, you know, really what the true consequences of this are all around.
1: Thank you, Leanne. I know that Maine, uh, with regards to the presence of employees in the state, uh, just due strictly to the pandemic, Maine has taken the position that, at least for now, that won't create nexus for other taxes, whether it's corporate income or sales and use. How have the other New England states responded? I'm thinking specifically of Massachusetts and maybe Rhode Island.
2: Sure. Massachusetts has said something similar that, um, you know, just having someone here due to the pandemic is not going to give you uh, an income tax, corporate income tax or sales and use tax filing obligation. They also have in their guidance comments on how it impacts the new Massachusetts paid family medical leave provisions. Uh, but, you know, they do say, which will be talked about more in our other podcast, that the, uh, that the rules regarding residency and that sort of thing are not impacted by this guidance. So that leads you to believe there's a whole different world to, to explore there. Um, Rhode Island, I believe, has been similar to Massachusetts in being fairly friendly to employers from a nexus creation perspective, uh, but their rules regarding withholding are very similar to Massachusetts, which could create some issues for um, from a New Hampshire perspective.
1: You mentioned the keeping of timesheets and some other steps that employers may need to take and should take to keep track of where their employees are to the extent possible. Are there other best practices, type, types of steps that employers could take to help mitigate some of the risks here?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, really just as much information as possible is good because as your tax advisors, you know, we're going to need to know exactly where people are, what they've been doing. So the more information you can gather, not only with regard to what's been going on during 2020, but what people's plans are for 2021. And also, you know, the more you can share and communicate with your provider, don't be surprised if you get more questions once you send over your apportionment information, because you may be showing... uh, you know payroll or property or other items in different states, and so you want to just be as communicative all around both within your organization and outside about where and how you're operating and I think that's you know really the best way to deal with things right now. then we can apply the rules as they are and give some advice on how to best handle things um, from all sorts of tax types.
1: great, thank you uh, as I mentioned in my my opening remarks i this seems to be uh referred to now as the new norm. People are gonna work remotely. From a tax perspective, a state tax perspective, um, are you aware of, of any sunsets with regards to some of the state's treatment? For example, uh, Massachusetts and the approach it's taking with regards to uh, the presence of employees working there potentially not creating other filing requirements. Is there a, a kind of a, a period when that that gift is going to end?
2: Well, it's interesting you say that. And I think, you know, unfortunately, for those who like certainty, this is something that we just have to keep monitoring all around. But Massachusetts, for example, for a long time, the guidance was drafted to read that it would expire the earlier of uh, 90 days from when Governor Baker lifts the state of emergency in Massachusetts or 1231 2020 And just, I believe, about uh, a little over a week ago, uh, the DOR updated its technical information release in this area which most of us were expecting to say that um, you know they've taken out the 1231 2020 expiration date and now their current guidance is set to expire 90 days after the state of emergency is lifted so none of us know when that will be so it is an area that's still in flux but hopefully that at least gives employers some certainty that they don't need to take action and be scrambling right now we're not returning to the world of normal you know I think from both uh, the way we're living our lives and from a tax perspective anytime in the short term.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I agree with you. I know in the past there's been some talk of some federal level legislation, and I think there was even some talk of some federal legislation to address the treatment of remote workers to be included in one of the relief provisions related to the pandemic. Can you tell us anything about that?
2: Correct. Yes, I think it was the the HEALS Act that you're referring to. But yeah, for those who follow state issues, it's something that I think has been introduced for probably at least the last eight to 10 years um, in Congress. And we all know it's challenging to get Congress to act on state tax matters, or sometimes it seems like any matters. But there's something that's been out there for a while called the Mobile Workforce Simplification Act. And this relates to, you know, we've talked uh, during this episode about how multi-state withholding is a complicated area for employers. And, you know, one thing we probably haven't said is just why it's so complicated. And some of that's because, you know, as we've said, every state has different rules, but some states want you to start withholding if you have an employee there for one day or some other number of days, some base it on, you know, the level of income that someone earns in the state. The states are kind of all over the board there. So it's really hard for organizations, even the larger and more sophisticated ones, to, you know, both monitor their people and to do the withholding correctly. So for a long time, people have introduced congress legislation to simplify that and have some sort of minimum days nationwide that you would have to be in a state before an out of state employer would have to start withholding and it's just never gotten much leverage in congress i believe at one point it may have passed the house but then failed in the senate so it's been introduced again a couple of times this year and you know still no final action and you know some of the larger states i believe new york specifically are usually a barrier to this but what i think a lot of us hope is that you know the fact that the pandemic has brought these Issues to the forefront. Maybe we'll spur Congress with enough pressure to actually do something here and make this area a bit more simple for employers to administer long term. So more on that. I'm sure um, I will say that we have seen some states take action in this area on their own. You know, Illinois, for example, passed its own version of a Mobile Workforce Simplification Act to set a minimum day threshold. I believe a year or two ago. So that's something that you know the states could do. But obviously, having something. Come Down from above would be helpful in terms of uniformity.
1: Great, thank you. Are there any other closing thoughts that you may have? I know this is such a complex area that you and I could probably both go back and forth. a whole day on this topic but are there any specific things that you might like our listeners to take away from this
2: no i think just you know feel free to reach out to us with any questions and you know i think it's it's an interesting area but i know also challenging to administer when you're the one making these decisions within a company so don't be afraid to ask for help and to reach out when you need uh advice on how you should be proceeding
1: great well leanne thank you very much for joining me this is a great discussion very interesting uh certainly illustrates the complexities involved. Hopefully, we can address the individual aspects of this the next time we get together.
2: Thank you, Merrill. I look forward to it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of BNN Tax Snacks. I hope you found the discussion helpful and are walking away feeling a bit more informed. Again, this episode is part of a series discussing year-end tax planning issues at the end of this unprecedented year. Check out our other episodes, which are available at bnncpa.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Baker Newman Noise. The information contained in this episode is based on data available as of the date of its release. BNN is under no obligation to update this information as changes occur. BNN podcasts, events, and publications are intended to provide general information to our clients and friends. It does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice, nor is it intended to convey a thorough treatment of the subject matter. The information in this podcast may or may not apply to your individual situation. Consult a tax professional for help applying these concepts to your personal circumstances. Please contact Baker Newman-Noise for additional assistance at info at bnncpa.com. More information can be found online at bnncpa.com.